This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network from the Farm Progress Show in Boone on your Wednesday, August the 31st. I'm Dustin Huffman. We're talking right now with Jim McCormick of agmarket.net. Jim, still seeing quite a bit of pressure on the corn and soybean markets. What are we looking at going into today's trade? Yeah, we're seeing a little bit, like I said, right on the screen right now. I think a couple things are driving the market. On the macro front, you are seeing continued pressure in the energy market. As the world, traders are very concerned about the slowing economies around the world. Inflation readings out of Europe continue to be red hot. The price of energy just is exploding as Putin's squeezing that continent. And that is, you know, I think the real question for the world is, you know, not what they will they have a recession. It's just how severe of a recession will they have? On top of it, you've got concern about China's demand in in general because of their slowing economy. They continue to lock people down due to COVID, as well as they're just dealing with a lot of heat and drought issues in China that is slowing down production. So the world's a little bit worried about demand. And then as you move back domestically, we are obviously ramping up the harvest relatively quick. We're actually hearing some reports that some producers in Iowa will start getting some of that drier corn uh, coming out of the Labor Day weekend. So you're going to start seeing a little bit of harvest pressure. We saw that pretty big run up there on the pro farmer number. Now we're probably going to see a little bit of a backfill at this point in time. The bean market continues to see a little bit more pressure, I believe, because the pro farmer number was pretty good. And on top of it, a lot of areas did get some pretty good rain over the last couple of days, which has got a lot of producers thinking optimistically that we could add a few more bushels to this, uh, what could be a record bean crop. You know, and, and we were one of those places that got uh, some of that beneficial rain. I mean, we're sitting here at Boone right now for the Farm Progress Show, and they got two and a half inches over the weekend, much needed rain. You know, we could sit there and, and, and think, will it be enough to help? And, you know, any little bit's going to help, and if nothing else, it's at least going to help replenish some of the soil moisture we need. But, yeah, I mean, some of those areas getting it, hopefully it might do a little good. I mean, last year we had that same token where we were dry going into August, you know, and the end of August we started getting some rain, and it did turn out to help. Well, it does. I mean, for the most part, I've always been taught by agronomists, as long as that plant is still green and it's not like half yellow, especially on the beans, it will definitely help. The corn is probably not going to do a whole lot to help the corn crop, but maybe the tail end crop. But it's uh, the bean crops there. Now what we're going to look at as we go into our harvest to see how accurate these surveys are from there. We do have a USDA survey. They'll be in the fields right now coming out of the Labor Day weekend looking at the fields, and they'll release those results here in a couple weeks. And we'll see what they come up with. And then, you know, as we transition, just kind of a bigger picture, um, we're really going to start looking at South America, believe it or not, relatively quick, because we are now officially, they're saying we're going to have our third year, our third winter of La Nina. That just doesn't happen very often. So we know that several times over the last couple of years when they've had La Nina, they've had problems in South America, both on the bean production side as well as the corn production side. So if they do stumble, it could keep the volatility really, really ramped up all the way into 2023. Well, I know you and I have talked the word rationing once in a while. I mean, what are the odds of something like that actually happening? I suppose it does depend on what we see in South America and what we get out of here, right? I think it does. I mean, the reality is on the other side, and we look at we've got a very big bean crop right now. South America has the potential to have a monster crop. They're expanding their acres for 4 to 4 to 5%. They have record trend yields. They will be an oversupply of beans. And that, you know, one thing you, that's something the producers got to be a little bit wary about is, you know, if we happen to have pull off a good bean crop in South America on top of a good bean crop in the U.S., and you have a slowing Chinese economy, that could be very negative beans in the long run, which then, you know, could drag prices down. On the other hand, the corn situation is kind of a different situation. We know how um, a lot of people look for this corn yield to fall closer to the 170, maybe dip below 170. 
On top of that, you've got a very tight European crop that's getting smaller and probably a lot smaller than it's currently estimated. France just came out and said their, their, their corn production is pretty much a disaster. So the European crop is going to get smaller. Then all bets are on what happens in South America. If they would stumble, you're probably going to see corn market go right back up again. Then on top of it, now you got we're seeing probably a fertilizer crisis brewing again. You got a lot of facilities in Europe shutting down. They can't afford to produce the fertilizer with the high price of nat gas. Right now, if anybody's tried to buy some nitrogen in the last 24, 48 hours, they're finding a lot of places. Sellers have pulled their bids. There are no offers right now. And no one's really certain when those offers are going to come back in. So, uh, you know, getting your hands on fertilizer this fall could be a little bit more challenging. And that could change the, the perception of what acres we plant going into 2023. Now, you know, we're also talking about, you know, the global marketplace, and we heard uh, Secretary Vilsack was here yesterday, and he did make the comment that USDA was suspending some of their export weekly export reports due to some snafu with technology. I mean, how much of a problem does that cause for the marketplace that relies on that information to, to kind of judge where we're at in, in, in a given year? Well, I think it definitely is a problem, and we did get the updated sales numbers. We just got one from, uh, you know, uh, announced morning, the 8 o'clock flash sales. But it is a problem. Hopefully the government can figure it out. I know I think there's some switch from kind of different technology or of how they release the data. So hopefully it gets up and running relatively soon because the real question right now will be demand. I mean, we do know the supply of this crop is getting smaller, especially on the corn. We also know the potential size of the bean crop is getting bigger. The real question now becomes demand, like I said. I've got this crop of beans. Is China going to be able to buy it? Are they buying it? So this is a problem. It's also a problem on the livestock side of the equation, Dustin. As the livestock, you know, we do export a lot of protein around the world. So if we don't know we're getting those exports, you know, the market may be mispricing itself. So it's something that definitely needs to get corrected ASAP. Yeah, and, and obviously the livestock is taking advantage of this of this grain downturn right now, and you know that's going to happen. But you know, looking long term with those cattle and hogs, I mean, what do we see? I mean, if the prices stay up, or we have any of that rationing, or if we have lower numbers, I mean, that's going to drive up the cost of feeding those animals as well. Well, right now, I think what you're going to see is the livestock, a little bit of a, you know, kind of a mixed bag. The price of energy continues to drop. Price of gasoline continues to drop. That does help the consumer a little bit relieve a little bit of stress on him. But the problem you got right now, I think, in the big picture of livestock, especially in the cattle, is the lack of feed down in, in the, you know, in the southern plains where a lot of those livestock are. Obviously, we are seeing a lot of herd reduction, a lot of heifers that are going to the market. So as this herd continues to contract, it could be near-term negative, essentially as we're oversupplying the market potentially due to liquidation. But long-term, that will be quite friendly as once you liquidate those herds, it's very hard to build them back up. So long-term, you got to be a little bit bullish uh, the price of uh, protein. And, and what about hogs in this situation? I know it's a different situation. They're not grazing like they are cattle, but I mean, what are we looking at in that situation? Well, right now it's a situation where the hog, hogs are the same situation that, you know, the higher feed costs, is it going to force people to kind of liquidate as well? But in general, the hog market seems to be more of a sideways market at this point in time. You've got the meal situation and all that for hogs as well. So we're not quite, we're not hearing the liquidation of the hog industry that we're hearing in the cattle industry at this time. All right, Jim. Well, a lot of great information as always. If folks want to talk market strategies in this time when things are a little more uh, up in the air, how do they get in touch with agmarket.net? You can reach me directly at 815-665-0461. Reach any of the Ag Market team members at 844-424-6758. All right, Jim, thank you so much. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for having me on, and enjoy the, uh, the show. 
That again was Jim McCormick of agmarket.net here on the Opening Market Podcast. Let's go ahead and turn our attention to the market numbers. September corn is nine cents lower on first notice day at 670 and three quarters. December down 11 and a half at 665 and three quarters. September beans four and a quarter lower at 1508 and three quarters. November is down nine at 1423 and a half. Soy meal down a buck 90 at 427.50. Soy oil is 38 cents lower at 67.31. December Chicago wheat down 11 and a quarter at 809. Minneapolis down 13 at 907 and a half. Kansas wheat down 11 and a half at 886 and a quarter. December oats eight and three quarters lower at 389 and a quarter. On the mark, October live cattle down 42 cents at 143.40. September feeders up 50 cents at 182.67. Lean hogs down 55 cents at 93.05. Pork cutouts unchanged 103.70. Class three milk is down a penny on the last day of August at 2012. Thanks again to Jim McCormick for joining us today on the Opening Market Podcast. I'm Dustin Huffman on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters.